Hello and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Ted Berg. It's the end of the week, and that means Hemel Javeri is on the line. Hey, Ted. What's going on, Hemel? Twice in one week. I feel I feel really special. Well, and we should say we're recording this on consecutive days. I know we we've had a lot of talking time already, but we are we're doing them back to back this time around. I feel like it's good. We're just building up some momentum. That's right. We're we're getting in the groove, hitting our stride, all that good stuff. And if you enjoy our groove and our stride and all that stuff, I should say <laughs> you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or on SoundCloud and please rate us, review us, give us feedback. We'd love to hear it. We have some questions uh, we like to take. We have five questions specifically that we're going to take from the Twitter and from our coworkers uh, to discuss this week. As we yeah. do. Um, so the first one comes from our man Charles, uh, who almost always supplies a really good question, so we just keep using them. Uh, that's the case with a lot of the people asking questions. But uh, Charles wants to know if Tiger Woods' fall, fall from grace represents like the biggest sports tragedy or the saddest sports story we've ever seen. That's a really good question, and... I will say on Monday, I would have said, no, not at all. You know, Tiger has kind of done this to himself and athletes, you know, all athletes eventually have a decline. Uh, but then I saw the dashboard video. Have you seen that video of, oh. of the police dashboard video of them pulling over Tiger? I have not. I just read okay. about it. I just read, uh, I guess it was, I'm trying to look up which of our coworkers. Oh, it was Luke's post about it. Uh, yeah. And it was a really good explainer. And I haven't seen the video, but I guess he was he was not drunk. He was on medication of some sort or drugs. Well, yeah, well, well, that's what he said. But regardless of, of any of that, whether he had been drinking or, or the, what the reason for it is, but watching that video is incredibly disturbing. Like, first of all, it's, um, you know, the initial reports are like that police pulled over Tiger and they charged him with a DUI. So that could mean all sorts of things, right? It could have been reckless driving. It could have been all kinds of things. So when you see the video, it they didn't pull him over. His car is just stopped on the middle of like a two lane road at some, you know, very early time in the morning. Like it's a very dangerous place to be stopped. And then they take him out of the car and make him do these things. Like they have him try to follow this red light. And I mean, it's almost, you know, it's almost the joke of like, he's got to pass a sobriety test and he turns into like Homer Simpson. Like he just can't do it. Um, and it's, it's really disturbing to watch that because he's, whatever is happening with him, he's not, he's not a hundred percent there like during that moment. So, um, so, but he was, he was pulled over, right? Like, was he in the lane or was he off on the shoulder? He was like, he was like half in a lane and half on the shoulder. Like it was a narrow two lane road and he wasn't like all the way to the shoulder on the side. Like he was basically stopped in the middle of the road. Like you had, you had to go into oncoming and it was, the, the road was deserted. But if you came up on him suddenly, you'd have to go around him if you, if you didn't just hit him because you didn't see him. Right, right. Like obviously yeah. a dangerous place to be, but I guess I'm, what I'm, thinking or what and like and I haven't seen the video and I don't know yeah. we don't know the real story like whatever was happening. right we don't know the but real story right if you if that if his story were true right and 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 if if it is that he had an unexpected reaction to medication like isn't pulling your car over and not driving like that at least you know obviously you shouldn't get to that point 
Right, but right, once you get right, to that right. point, that does feel like probably the best thing to do. Well, in right? the well, yeah, but you can tell by the way that he pulled it over that it's almost like he didn't have a choice in the matter. Okay, Be- because he's like he stopped basically in the middle of the road. It's not like he. Tr- it's not like he's a little bit in the middle of the road, or he he basically just stopped, right? Like he might have tried to pull over, but then he just stopped. All right. Um, I mean, and, yeah. and obviously one way or the other, he was behind the wheel of a car in a right. way that he was like clearly not sober. Yeah. Clearly, you know, he was, you know, they have him like try to follow a red light to see if you can track it. And you can hear the cop being like, no. And Tiger's like, I'm looking at it. I'm following it. And the cop's like, you're actually not moving your head at all. Like, it's like, it's really disturbing. Oof. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal. Uh, and they, you know, and they have him try to walk that, you know, the heel to toe on the white line and the dude can barely walk. So I I think like with Tiger's entire history and like, he's had a couple of falls from grace. Do you know what I mean? Whatever's happening with him. Yeah. yeah. And I would say not the first time. And I will agree with Luke that the, this is a athlete and person at this point that deserves a lot of empathy and a lot less like, you know, oh, he's never going to be good at golf again. It's more of just like, like with Britney Spears, it's just time to like figure out your life, dude. Yeah, but I mean, Britney Spears, I feel like is a pretty good example of someone turning it right. around, right? Like yeah. she, yeah. she looked like it, it was head for nightmare. And now I think she just like does Vegas stuff and she's sort of still around making music and making money. Right. But she, but to the peak where she was and then how she fell, there comes a point where, you know, like, like, you know, a lot of people do like to see celebrities fall from their pedestal and oh, yeah. be brought down to earth and all that stuff. But there was a point with Britney Spears where it was past like schadenfreude and it was just becoming mean spirited, right? Like this was clearly a person that needed empathy and help yeah, versus like, I just somebody like, who was abusing money and, and, and power. Like right? Amanda, Amanda Bynes was like that, right? Like yeah. where you're just like, ah, oh, this is just like, stop, stop going all in on this person. She's, yeah going through some stuff you know I yeah, guess, yeah she's like she's going through some stuff and she might actually be kind of sick and i feel like that's the line we're at with tiger right like everything yeah. that happened before all the scandals and stuff like that those were you know in flux of of being famous and having a lot of money and whatever personal things that were going on with him um and now it's to the point where you're like oh you you know this is it's not even so much a fall from grace as uh, this is a person that needs to figure their stuff out yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I guess I don't have a lot more to say about it, which is odd for me. But it's, yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely sad. It's hard to rank it against, like, other yes. sadnesses, you know? Because, yeah. like, like you said, like, the first aspect of his fall from grace. And, and we can't, like, now we can't say, like, maybe that is emblematic of some sort of disease that, that mm-hmm. you know, like, he can't stay out of his own way. And that's that's unfortunately the case for some people. But that part was so unsympathetic, right? Like that he, right. So it makes, you know, I don't know. It like, it's hard to say, but it does seem like if, if the injuries and the treatment to the injuries, like if it's like almost like a Michael Jackson thing where he's right. Where if he's just like addicted on painkillers now because of all his back troubles, like if if that's the case, case, if that's the case, that's super sad, right? That's super sad. And like, that's super sad. Um, especially like you said, for a guy who was just really on top of the world. Yeah. Um, regardless of whatever moral failings that he had, uh, I would, the other thing, the only other thing that I can think of is like Ryan Leaf. Like that was, 
that's pretty much everybody's go-to, right? As somebody who had a lot of potential that was never realized. Well, and... I mean, like, the, the real obvious one is Len Bias, right? Like, I don't know if you right. remember that, but he was the guy who got, I think the night he got drafted in the NBA, died of a drug overdose. Uh, and, you know, at least based on high school health class stories, it was, like, first time he ever tried smoking. I think he was... I don't know if he was just doing oh, or what he was doing. But. Yeah, no, no, no. I remember that. But I remember that not from a sports perspective, but from like a dare perspective, you know, like the yeah, drug yeah, program. Like, yeah, that's where I remember it from. I mean, we yeah. didn't have we didn't have the dare program proper, but that was definitely like what they told you about in health class when they were mm-hmm. trying to scare you away from doing drugs. It was like this guy led yeah. bias. So like that is a, I guess, a class. I mean, that's obviously a tragedy and one that right. I would rank with like the very saddest if it was really like. I just went a little nuts at this one party and then died, right? Yeah, that's that's pretty brutal. Uh, so we agree that this is not really there. there this can is be grim. no grim. Ob- yeah, we can There can be no objective rankings of people's pain. So right. Yeah, yeah. this is dark. Um, let's just go on. All right. Let's just go. Let's on. move it on to something lighter. All right. Uh, this one comes from Rob M at Wubsta on Twitter, and he wants to know. If you could sign one Mario Universe character to the Mets, who would it be and for what position? Now, I have to say I have not like my my exposure to the Mario Universe is pretty Is it is it wait, you see Mario, aren't you? Isn't it Mario? Mario? Yeah, I don't know. I say Mario. I'm from I'm no. from New York. It's it's just like, I'm pretty sure it's Mario. It might be Mario. Uh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just yeah. In, in my head is Mario. Uh, right. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking. I'm gonna keep calling it that because I, I don't want to have to stop to correct myself. I, I I'm saying I'm limited to like I really played like the first one that came with Nintendo, and obviously like Donkey Kong when I was a kid, and then probably a little bit of the subsequent Super Mario Nintendo games, but not like the whole I don't know, and and obviously uh, Mario Kart. But I don't know, like, Oh, the my whole... God. It, it is so weird that you're saying Mario. Like, I didn't even play those games, and I know that it's Mario Kart. Okay. But, okay, keep, uh, keep going. Yes. So I thought about this, and I think that my first instinct would be to say Bowser from the original Super Mario Brothers because he spits fire and throws hammers. And so I feel like, I feel like first of all, if you're, if you're scouting a different universe for baseball talent, you almost are always going to start with arms and pitchers. Mm-hmm. So to mm-hmm. me, Bowser, since he throws, he spits fire and throws hammers, that seems like a good potential two-pitch two mix that might succeed in baseball. But upon thinking about it more, I believe that Bowser's fire is a little bit too flat and that major league pitchers would major league hitters sorry would be able to pick up the di- distinction between <laughs> his fastball and his curveball so easily that they'd just crush him and so I'd probably go with fire Luigi who is Luigi after he eats the magic flower that allows him to throw fire because he too is throwing fire and while he's prone to bounce it I would say the natural sink on his fireballs would be intriguing to me. And I think with, with a good pitching coach, you could get a good pitcher out of Fire Luigi. The, we, the reason I take him over Fire Mario would be just uh, height. You know, you, you'd say he'd probably mm. be a little bit more projectable just for being taller. Plus, in a very rudimentary Google image search of Luigi throwing fire, uh, I did find that about like 60% 
of online graphics, and not all these, I think, are canon, but about 60% show Luigi throwing fire left-handed, and that would obviously be incredibly valuable. Okay, I actually have nothing to add to that question because I played Mario Brothers possibly twice, maybe three times in my entire life. Was not a kid that played video games at all. So did you not? All this, did you not even? Ha- do you not have a Nintendo? No, because I, I felt like a Nintendo. Oh my God. Even for people who didn't we, play it, there was like a lot of people just still had a Nintendo. No, we no, of course not. We didn't have video games like I I bring this up every now and then um, and I can see it a lot sometimes as an adult which is that when you like as a child of immigrants like this you know video games and bikes and all that stuff was just not a thing that we had because it's not a part of like it's very much a part of like American culture but when you're a recent immigrant it's just not something that like your parents really have time for Um, so no we didn't grow up playing video games or or anything like that um, which is my way of saying that kids should read more you know, don't, no, don't spend I, all your time on Mario Kart. I don't know. I, I feel I have mixed feelings about it. I do think that I think that everyone should read more, I guess. But at the same time, I feel like video games have... And we, we might have discussed this before. But I feel like video games have come so far that <clears throat> at this point, they're like a storytelling device. like Just like reading books. It's, it's different, but it's, it, it is also another way to like spread ideas and share. And like in this case, it's like an aesthetic experience. That I feel it right. probably does. It probably does for the right kid uh, stimulate their mind to some extent. And and like I don't say it should replace reading, but I do think like maybe at this point you're getting oh look. Um, so if you're this sounds ridiculous, but uh, if you're doing like medical procedures with uh, okay. like scopes and robot roboticized right. things, which is a big thing now, like people who play video games come out right. with, like, a natural advantage in those things because they've done it before. So I think, uh, and, but that's, like, a very real-world example of the value. I also think there's probably, like, a, a more intangible value to it just in that it's a, a form, you know, and, like, all forms have some value, I guess. I Yeah, I'm not in big, and I'm not, I'm... I don't understand video games at all because, like you said, I think it was part of it was not having a Nintendo as a kid, so I never really saw the appeal. Um, and I don't discount any form of popular culture that is hugely like that is this pervasive, right? There's obviously something that people are getting from video games, whether it's storytelling or spreading ideas or that immersive experience of being in a community. These are all like valuable things, um, but I still. But anything that you take to an extreme, right, and it becomes like the only thing that you do, is is troubling. So, yeah, it's this is just a long-winded way of saying that I don't know. I never played Mario Kart really, so I just cannot answer that question. I, I, I remember like the very basics of Mario, Luigi, and the princess and mushrooms. That's about it. I, I would just say, uh, yeah, I would say like to to clarify, if I okay. were if I were if you were saying like, what should I do with my kid, like play sports outside or do things that, you know, do active things right? or play video games. I would say do active things because there's always time for video games, right? Like if you have the daytime and you have your health, you should be, to me, you should be enjoying the outside in some active way if you can. And but I, uh, I kind of wish that I will, I do some of these video games look really cool and I do wish I played them just because they look like you would be a part of a really cool movie. So I see the appeal. 
yeah. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there's definitely an appeal. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, but to get back to Rob's question, it's it's Fire Luigi for me. Okay, um, Fire Luigi for you, and I have no opinion. <laughs> uh, this is another thing that. Oh, uh, before we go on. A quick word from our sponsor, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports the, the For the Win podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust who has your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com FTW. That's quickenloans.com FTW. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Uh, next question comes from Maggie, another one of our coworkers, Maggie Hendricks. Uh, and I feel like you're gonna get, she's going to get some more hate out of you. Uh, it's all right. I'm not for Maggie, obviously. Today. Not, yeah, for Maggie, not for Maggie, for the subject I'm, of her question. Yeah, I do have a lot of hate in me today. Um, if you were tasked, she wants to know, if you were tasked with creating a crime procedural, what would be the theme? Do you want to actually answer it, or can uh, I just jump well, so, into my... So I don't want to play semantics, but like, if she means what would be the theme... For me, the theme would be like suffering and alienation, like everything else. Oh, I, I don't think that's what I she means. I think she means, means like though. what would be the setting and the plot. Yeah, I don't think she means like capital T English literature theme. Oh, um, well, I'm just saying it's going to be like basically like <laughs> Pink Floyd's The Wall, but it's in it's in crime procedural form. Uh, what? No, no. Describe your ideal crime procedural to me before so, I tell you why I hate them. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't watch a lot of, like, straight crime procedurals. Like, I don't mm -hmm. watch... I never watch... I've seen, obviously, Law and & Order and, and all those shows, but I don't watch them with anything like regularity. What yeah. I do find myself watching... So, uh, I loved The Wire. That's, like, a little... That's more than, mm -hmm. I think, the standard crime procedural, obviously. Um, but some of the ones that I watch, they, they tend to be, like, uh, like future-oriented. Like, there, there was a show... Uh, that I'm blanking on the name now is a Canadian show that a uh, sci-fi show about like people who came back from a hundred years in the future to uh, protect the the legacy, uh, you know, like to fix the future, like the Terminator, basically. Plot. That's weird. Um, it was Canadian. Yeah, it was Canadian. It was yeah. a, there's a, there's a, there's actually been a few of these shows now, uh, and they're like that are like future oriented Canadian crime <laughs> drama. Is it on is it on is it on Netflix? Uh yeah, I, I must have watched it on Netflix. Uh, oh, I can't wait to watch this. Uh I, I got to look up the name, but I'm I'm holding the microphone. So, I would have to type one-handed. Man, um I, I remember the, uh, like I can re even remember some of the characters' names because I, I watched like the whole 6-season run of this show. Um and it was basically like the people from the future, but then like they come and work with the local police in Vancouver and they have to like solve crimes that might pertain to the future. Um, so that would be like the type of crime procedural. I think I would have like, I would have to have a real far out twist to it. Right. right. And, uh, I would, I would say like the first thing that comes to my mind is I always personally have 
a fascination with what people are listening to all the time. Like everybody now has headphones mm-hmm. on constantly mm-hmm. and I just want to know what they're listening to. And like sometimes you get a little bit of like insight into that world. Like you can hear what's on someone's iPhone mm-hmm. or whatever. And sometimes that's like super fascinating, you know, like when people are listening to music that you wouldn't expect. Like I always find that kind of cool. So I would want like a, it's like, it's in, it's a guy who has to solve crimes who has like an extraordinary sense of hearing for some okay. reason. And so he has to use his excellent hearing to solve crimes in some way. I don't know how, but that's for him to figure out. Oh, well that's that's almost like a superhero show. That is basically right? a superhero show. But but we're like yeah. we're living in like a more slightly it's like because of some like genetic thing that went out of whack, he had this like super awesome ear. I mean, that's basically you've described Daredevil, right? Isn't that yeah. the premise of Daredevil? Yeah, that is, is that exactly, all his other? Actually, now that you're thinking, now that you're mentioning, that is basically exactly the premise of Daredevil. <laughs> uh, that is a really good show I came up with. Except, except that in mine, it's more based on like what people, what music people listen to. <laughs> okay, well, that sounds like kind of a boring crime procedural. Um, uh, no, I think it'd be dope because he also puts on a Daredevil suit and fights crime despite being blind. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I I thought Daredevil was kind of boring. I never made it past like three episodes. Everybody loved it. And I was like, eh, it's all right. I didn't think it was like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever seen. But I I watched it. I enjoyed it. So if we're lumping like superhero shows into crime procedurals. Yeah, I mean, it just has to be a crime procedural. It doesn't matter what the premise like, because isn't like. Well, I I don't know, because I think crime procedurals are. Isn't that like, like shows like that? And does yeah, Bo- well, those does Bones are, that's have a terrible superpowers? Show. Doesn't yeah. Bo- she, like, speaks to the dead, right? That's Bones? No, that's Ghost Whisperer, I that's think. Ghost Bones, Whisperer. she doesn't speak to sense. the dead. She's like a... Bones, I watched one or two seasons of it, which I liked for the first and couple Bones seasons that I watched. Bones is just a regular person. Yeah. Well, so to me, like, the crime procedurals are absent of any... Um, like supernatural or superhero elements, right? Because then those become different shows. Like, straight crime procedurals are Bones and Castle and like the 18 million Law and Orders or like NCIS Castle universes yeah. that, that exist. Like, those have very little payoff for me because it's just so formulaic over and over and right. over again that you know. Like, okay, well, they've identified the killer 15 minutes into the show, so it's obviously not the right one. Like, that is so not compelling television for me, especially with, with, like, everything else that's out there. But especially, like, the Law & Order SVU stuff that is, to me, it crosses, like, this really weird fine line. Um, And this is why I have a problem with like crime podcasts as well, right? Crosses that fine line of like profiting off of somebody else's pain. So, and especially with like serial and things like that, like these are real stories that happen to real people and everybody's just kind of like using that for entertainment because they're bored on their 30 minute commute or whatever. So I have, I'm a big, um, like anti-crime procedural person. Like to me, I'm just like, uh, unless it's really, really well done. I absolutely hate it. Um, but but there are two that I like. There are serial. No, I didn't even listen to it because I just thought the whole premise was really disturbing. It was, and it was super disturbing. But I feel like there's a. I feel like there's. I I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go so far as to say that that's like exploitative in all in any way. Right. I would just say that those types of things tend to make me more sympathetic to basically everyone involved. And right. 
like for you know like why this went wrong and why you mm-hmm. know what what this <clears throat> this lawyer did that screwed up and what this cop did that screwed up and like you see the human side of these like super messed up stories and right. to me I don't know that I feel like that puts me a little bit more in touch with stuff. I I think that's totally fair. I never listened to it, but it was just not even. But all these things like making a murderer and uh, yeah, the, the jinx. Uh, did you see the jinx? I saw no. I read about it. I didn't uh, watch you gotta it. Watch, just, yeah. I just, no, I, mean, I don't. Are, I don't want to watch it. Those are real. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch this though. Those I don't want to watch it like these like horrible stories about horrible things that happen to good people. Like it's just so messed up. It's I don't want that garbage up. in my head all day. It will get into your head all day. Yeah, I I literally and I'm a person who has a lot of anxiety anyway, so I don't want to like be worried that every person I run into is a potential serial killer. Like I, I don't need that. That is basically the experience of watching the jinx. It's like, yeah. and then you start every single like sort of creepy looking old dude you passed. Yes. Like, Maybe that guy has committed many murders and gotten away. No. with them. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, the one true, I will say like the crime procedurals that I really liked uh, NYPD blue from way, way back in the day, because it was just like so fresh and so new. Uh, and then Southland, if which is I think was just one of these like really underrated crime procedural shows that was on NBC for a hot second was really good. I have never seen that show. Oh yeah, it was good. It was bleak though. Like I'm like you, the bleaker the better. And for a crime, it was just about uh, LA cops. So the crime procedural was obviously the driving force of it, but their character development was incredible. Um, but again, bleak, bleak, bleak. Like Did nothing show, good was going to happen on the show. Was that the show with the kid from the OC? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's the show. I yeah, vaguely remember that. But only because yeah. I remember the OC. Yeah. Uh, next one comes from uh, at Jeraf or Raphael Jerez, who has asked us a few questions in the past. Uh, he says, he asks, would you rather be stuck in a room with Skip Bayless for two hours or step in an octagon with Brock Lesnar? For five minutes. I've got uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Brock Lesnar, five minutes, no questions asked. No way. See, I Are, disagree. Yeah. I disagree. Yeah. I feel what? like I feel like for as much as I don't like I, I'm not I don't have a lot of time for like hearing Skip Bayless's hot takes about sports, they're not gonna like physically injure me, right? Like if I get no. in the octagon with Brock Lesnar, I'm gonna something's gonna get messed up, I'm gonna hurt for the rest of my life for five minutes, right? <laughs> Whereas, like, I find, I feel like two hours with Skip Bayless in a room, like, that might be fascinating. No, and, no way. Yeah, I feel like I, I would, because if it is, it's not a performance, right? Like, we can just talk. And, like, I think that that would be kind of interesting. I bet he, he would be an interesting guy to talk to. Maybe not for two full hours. That would get super awkward after a while. But <laughs> I would take that over, like, you know, whatever horrible things would happen to me if I tried to fight uh, I think Brock Lesnar is, like, a, a badass, like, even okay. by the standards of, of guys who are professional, who kick people's asses professionally, he is obviously a famous guy. He would, it would be horrible. It would be a horrible thing that would happen to me if I were to fight him for five minutes. I, I can't, I mean, to me, two hours of tedium, like, I being stuck in a room with Skip Bayless, if he was being his most, even if he wasn't being his most, like, Skip Bayless self, right, even if he was just being normal Skip Bayless, would be so unbearably tedious that I would happily take five minutes of, like, bone-crushing pain 
if, if that's what was waiting for me. <clears throat> but I also think I'm like, I don't know. I'm a girl. I think he's going to take it easy on me. So I'm not too worried about those five minutes. So. Okay. Yeah. But like, what? Yeah. so I don't know. Like if you was like, if I was just like, if I spent my five minutes trying to reason with him, I was like, please, sir, <laughs> please, sir, don't, don't beat me up. Um, don't hurt me. Maybe, don't hurt me. Like if, if, if he's. If he's, if we're fighting, no. If it's just like, oh, you have to be in the octagon with him and it's not necessarily a combat situation, then fine. Yeah, of course. I'd like to talk with him for five <laughs> no, minutes. No, but, but even if it was a combat situation, like if, if we were, if he was like actively trying to fight me, I'm sure that he would like knock me out within 20 seconds. And I'd be like, well, that was preferable to two hours of my time. Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, you, I guess I could just submit immediately, but that doesn't seem like it's in the spirit of the question, right? Like I could just go, no, no, yeah, go fetal for five minutes and be like, eh. I'd like, I'd like to try to hold my own for five minutes against Brock. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even bother. I, there's no chance, right? Like there's just, I mean, and and I'm not saying like I'm gonna back down from just anybody, but for someone who fights professionally, I'm not gonna mess with. I have also never been in a fight, so I think I'm kind of, I would look forward to my first fight. Oh, yeah, you feel that way until you get punched in the face. And <laughs> I never want to be punched in the face. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope not. I mean, but it's not, a, it's not a good feeling. No. Uh, you, yeah. yeah. I think you've talked about it, right? You said you were in a fight once. Uh, no, I've been, in a, I've been in a few fights. Um, okay. I, I, and I have definitely been punched in the face a few times. Nice, uh, nice and hard. And it's not a good feeling. So yeah, so I would I would strongly advise against that. All right. Well, your team skip Bayless. I will take Brock. All right. Um, because you've because you've never been the victim of because like, I've never been in a fight. Down. Yeah. Um, okay. So last one comes from our man at Citar, Michael Donato, and this is a this is an interesting one. Uh, he says the world the world is a giant simulation. Everything we do is tabulated. What stats do you want? And he gives out, like, some examples. He says, like, percentages of Starbucks visited, time spent at Taco Bell. Uh, I would say that I'm not looking for, like, brand-related stats, probably. Yeah. Um, like, and I would want to spend only really a very small... Like, I, well, as much as I like Taco Bell, if you really add up the... Try to play it out, like, if you're saying, like, oh, like, I'd like to spend 45 minutes a month at Taco Bell, that is a really small fraction of your total time. So... <clears throat> So those types of things, I don't really like. I don't. I don't know that the stats are going to be. They're going to be tiny. And I, I, to me, like I do. I set goals to like see as many things as I can. Yeah. Um, in which case, I do kind of keep stats because I'm. I think I'm at forty-seven of the fifty states now. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. So that uh, that would be one. I would like to be. I know a guy who's been to all seven continents. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Um. And. Like, I mean, if I could, yeah, I, I don't know. If we were talking superpowers, then it would be like, I would like to speak 100% of languages in the world. But that's Oh, yeah. So, wait, rephrase this. Wait, re, just what is his exact question, though? Is it breaking down what is already existing in yeah. your life in terms of stats? Or yeah. is it like well, adding no, he said like, things? I, well, he says, what stats do you, oh, he, yeah, I guess he just wants to know. Oh, so he's, I, no, you're right. I'm, he's asking the question one way and I read it a different way. Because he said, what stats do you want? And oh. I read that as, like, what are your dream stats? <laughs> right? Like, what are, what are the stats you're trying to hit? And he, he's saying, if you could see the stats, what would they be? And that's actually probably even a more interesting question. Like, I would, 
I would be interested to see what percentage of my time I've been to Taco Bell. I one thing I actually that is something I talk about sometimes is trying to figure out like which restaurant I've been, I've visited the most in my mm-hmm. life, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So this is actually, this is depressing the hell out of me because I think that all my stats would be really boring. Like I I don't want to see the stat for how much time I've spent in front of a computer or staring at a screen because it's going to be a huge amount of time and it's not going to make me happy versus the stat of how much time did you spend outside running, which is something that I actually really like to do, but don't do as much of. So I'm not sure these stats are going to work in my favor. I don't think I want to see them. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't you wouldn't you like to know? Like, I, oh, that's, a good, that's another good, like, I would like to know what percentage of days I've exercised over, like, the past five years, right? Like, because I feel like I have, <clears> a, I have a target in my head, and I'd like to know how close I am. Uh, I mean, I generally, I, so I track my workouts. Like I, I very, like on a super basic level, I add to a calendar, like what I did that day. Um, and I know for the past two months it's been garbage. So yeah, I guess, I mean, those are pretty, those you can actually do. I wonder, I, I'm wondering like more pie in the sky stats of percentage of my life that I've spent on trips, right? Like traveling abroad, which also would be really small versus the percentage I've spent and this, our headquarters in Tyson's, which is going to be huge. Yeah. Those are not, those yeah. are not stats you want to see, but that's, no, I don't want to, but see that's also stats. reality, right? Like every, right. like you'd, you'd want to see that compared to like the national average is what I want, right? Like, cause maybe, yeah, that's, that's you know, not bad. like maybe I'm, maybe I'm spending way more time in front of the computer than most people. It's probably mm-hmm. the case, but like, maybe I'm not, maybe this is a lot of people, you know, and, and maybe the cool stuff I get to do outweighs the cool stuff. A lot of other, you know, like the percentage of time doing cool stuff. Right. So, I'm sure your, your percentage of like watching baseball is probably way higher than a lot of people. My percentage and of watching baseball, I would say is like 99.99 percentile. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I have spent, like there is like, it is like something like an eighth of my life has probably been spent watching baseball. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. The last two weeks or the last two months, I would say that you, there's a. You know, I'm missing out on so many like cultural conversations because people. You know, because people are like watching TV shows and doing things, and I'm, and I'm like, oh, I was just watching hockey. Like that's right. that's kind of what I've been doing. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely like that but I don't regret that that's fine I mean yeah I don't regret it it's it's weird and like I would if if you were talking pie on this guy's stats it's like what percentage of my brain power is used on like knowing what middle relievers of the early 2000s look like (laughs) right because then like I because I go to spring training and like I I see a guy who's like an older guy now and he comes through the door and I'm like oh it's Juan Cruz and it's like oh no why do I know Juan Cruz looks like you know stuff like that um yeah I I I just just for leading up to this Nashville Pittsburgh uh Stanley Cup final I did a lot of research on the Nashville goalie so now I just know a lot about like finish goalies and it's just way more brain power than I ever thought I would spend on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. I'm like, that's, that's a, that's a big thing <laughs> I think about sports, especially it's just like, I, I know I, it's good because this is our job. So it's good to know a lot about sports, but it's funny when people like when you write something, like if you make a typo in a thing or you do miscalculate a stat or even what people just disagree, they'll be like, you don't, you obviously have mm-hmm. never watched the game or you'd never, it's like, no, like, you don't even, rem- like, begin to understand 
how bad of an argument that is because like <laughs> I spend uh, almost a regrettable amount of time watching like if it, if it were anything else I would be embarrassed by how much yeah. I know about like and I've told you it's like a, when I have conversations casually with people about baseball it's like it's awkward because I don't know how deep the people want to get I just know more mm-hmm. than I even need to know like at this point not that I know and everything you're but you're I mean you're real like I would say even among baseball guys you're kind of a real outlier because you know a lot about a lot right my uh, hockey knowledge doesn't run that deep like it's hyper specific in a lot of different areas um, but, but like, I if I could like... know, if, if, if you were like, Hey, do you want to know like the complete, uh, wins above replacement leaderboard of the last 10 years? Like I could make a good stab at that. And if I were, if you were like, Hey, what's the secession of the British throne? I would have no <laughs> clue. And the other would, that would help me a lot more on Jeopardy. I, I thought that was, that was another question that we already tackled though, right? Is that we actually have a weird, parallel knowledge about the british monarchy um no i think you have more than i do i might have a little bit more but it's definitely one of those things that we know way more about it than we ever wanted to i wait did i did i say that because I, I yeah I, no i mean yes i have like some vague idea but that is something i always cite as something i don't know enough about for jeopardy purposes the only time i've ever tried to learn it was while studying for jeopardy Maybe the question was what? Well, I'm pretty sure that it was Charles who actually asked it too. But it was like, what kind of weird, obscure, weird, obscure knowledge do you possess? And I was like, at one point, I knew like the entire line of like British succession down because we had to memorize it for, or I had to. I felt like I needed it for for this Shakespeare class I was taking. Oh no! See, um, like I know the, the big ones and the general numbers. But I don't have the succession, and I especially don't have, like, the houses down. Like, now it's... Oh, yeah. Now it's that Plantagenet, was, stuff like that. Right. That was the history plays of, of Shakespeare, so we kind of had to nail it. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I don't have that. No, I... Yeah. This is all... These are all good stats, I would like to know. <laughs> what, what percentage of English monarchs can I name? It's, like, 10%. Not even. I, I, we don't. I mean, we never get this personal, but I definitely want the stat for how much time I've spent on really bad first dates because I think that would be like way higher than the stat for how much time I've spent on really good first dates. <laughs> well, I, that's, that would I be mean, really that's, funny. That's probably true for everyone. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not saying it's unique to me. Um, right, but that is, yeah, that would be good stats. Yeah. I mean, and how many, like, what percentage of first dates lead to second dates, right? Yes. Like, it's uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I think people would love to see, I think everybody would love to see, like, their actual dating statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, mine would be very predictable because most of my dating has been with my wife. So, <laughs> um, so mine, my statistics would be thoroughly uninteresting. But for a lot of people, I think that would be extremely That would be awesome. Um, all right. Uh, all right. any other lifestyle? Oh, uh, I also, another one I like to monitor or I try to monitor and would love a, to see better would be coffee consumption. Oh, uh, just because I yeah. drink such a, like an embarrassing amount of coffee and oh. I, it's only something I become aware of when I do expense reports and mm-hmm. I see how much, how many, it's not the money I spend on coffee. It's how, how many, many discreet times a day I need coffee. And, um, what are you at right now? Um, so I am currently drinking, well, this is a small cup of coffee. Uh, I've had three small cups of coffee today. And it's only, so well, it's, you're in LA, so it's, it's like 1 p.m. noon. It's 1 p.m. Yeah, it's like, 
it's one so, can. Uh, so so that's not that's not a ton, especially considering mm. that I'm traveling. Uh, that's but a lot. I might drink well. So on like a given day, on any given day, I might drink three large cups of coffee a day. Uh, that's so, a lot. Yeah, it's it's not good, uh, but I need it. <laughs> I just I just like it. Just that's how I get through the day. I don't I don't know what else to say. It's, it's no no no. Get more get more sleep, Ted. I get a lot of sleep. It's just like I and and I don't drink it. I try not to drink it in the evenings or or really like much past like around this time, but. I just, I don't know, I, I crash. I It's a horrible thing, but I've just been totally hooked. Mm. Yeah, um, that's a little, that's, you got an addiction. I would love to get off it, but I like coffee so much. I don't, I drink one cup of, well, max two cups a day, sometimes three if, uh, so generally I have a cup of coffee in the morning before I leave home, and then maybe I'll have a cup of coffee if I, when I get into work, if I'm feeling a little, like, especially tired. And then exceedingly rare, we'll have a cup of coffee after dessert, maybe, like if we go out to eat or something like that. So for, I would say, max amount of coffee that I've had per day is like, would tap out at three. Okay. So there are days, like, especially like, so like, uh, I've mentioned this before, but just like during the last postseason, like how much travel I was doing. You were doing a lot. I was, I was like at like five or six cups of coffee a day. Like a really alarming amount of coffee. No, and I would say if I had three cups of coffee a day, like, I would be, I would have heart palpitations. Like, I would have a physical reaction to it, and it would not be good. Uh, yeah, no, it's not a good thing. Uh, but, you know, hey, we all have we all have goals in life, and that's why maybe it would be cool <laughs> to track those stats. So I could see, like, the, because I feel like if I, if I really looked at, at how much coffee I was drinking, I don't, even these, even these estimations which sound ridiculous might be undercutting it and so it's like one of those things like like getting on the scale after a bad week like where it's like i don't even want to know i don't even want to see it (laughs) yeah i don't i don't want to see it um so i do but i do kind of want to see it because then you kind of need that for for getting yourself off coffee yeah Um, for how much how much that's cost you right uh well yeah and in this case how much I costs our employer while I'm in Los <laughs> Angeles. Uh, but but I actually, I'll say, I had to... The addiction is so strong that to save... Because I have to spend so much time on expense reports, just, like, filling mm-hmm. out that I had coffee, I have taken to just buying, like, the cold brew thing that they sell in the grocery store and keeping it in my hotel room rather than having to go out for coffee every 10 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, I just, like, I just oh, bought it up front. Oh, you're... That's, yeah, that's, you're at a special level. I, well, yeah, and it's better. Because, because you're only in LA for two days, right? Or two, three days. Uh, three and a half days. Three and a half. And it wasn't like a huge thing. It was like maybe like eight servings of, of coffee. That's still, that's dedication. Uh, I drink a lot of coffee. It's embarrassing. And efficiency. And efficiency. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, we should wrap up. You can check out the, the For The One podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc. Rate us, review us, check out all of our stuff on the internet. Thank you for listening. Thank you for asking questions. And Hemel, thank you, as always, for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ted. Peace out.